In this episode of Cincuenta, part two of a two-part episode, Dr. Ken Magdaleno, a retired professor and CEO of the Center for Leadership, Equity, and Research, reflects on how the mentoring programs he has developed have strategically formed current educational and social justice leaders. Among other things, these programs seek to develop role models who espouse moral values of dignity and respect. The former CALSA mentoring protégés and succeeding CALSA mentoring program directors, Socorro Shields and Dr. Juan Santos, make a special appearance to honor Ken with Palabras de Corazón for their mentor and inspirational leader. Ken beams with pride at how much they have already influenced others. Ken's life work makes him a winner who can walk through any door to face all forms of inequities, institutional and systemic racism and oppression. Join us in understanding how Ken has mentored an army of other similar leaders and together they make an incredible difference. I wanted to share with you in our audience a little bit more about this idea about the words cincuenta. In Spanish, it lends itself to a few interpretations. It could mean countless, infinite, but it also literally translates to the number 50. For our first 50 episodes, we're highlighting what those 50 guests are the quote unquote first act. And for you, Dr. Ken Magdaleno, you were the first director of the mentoring program for CalSAMO. I wanted you to come full circle a little bit here to talk to us about how that idea was born. Yeah, when we started, uh, I was a consultant I always remember, Laura, that how fate steps into things because, uh, as I shared with you guys earlier, is that uh, it wasn't uh, CALSA that I was originally trying to um, partner with. I, I wanted to partner with LAUSD, but at the time, it was difficult to have someone from LAUSD say yes for my research. Again, and I did it the very, uh, did it the academic way. I did a search on Google or whatever the search engine was at the time and came across Galsa. I recognized Fernando's uh, name and uh, reached out to him. And whether it was true or not, he said that um, that's exactly what Galsa was looking for. The, the benefit for me was that Fernando helped me get the sample for the research. He did a really, really good job at that. I really, I very much enjoyed the interviews. It was a qualitative study. And so uh, I traveled up and down the state, almost literally from above the, uh, the Bay Area down to the, the border, interviewing uh, superintendents and assistant superintendents to see how mentoring affected their uh, journey if it at all, it did. And what I found was that there was a, a stereotype for many of the Latino leaders at the time that, you know, that it was more of an informal way of, of uh, developing our leaders and it just a happenstance. Well, it turned out, I mean, every, almost everyone said to me, you need to formalize the program. You need to make sure that the expectations are there. So what was the vision? How, how, what was the vision for the program? Well, the vision was really to 
to increase the number of superintendents in the state of California, the number of Latina and Latino uh, superintendents in the state of California because of the need for uh, role models, uh, positive role models. With the, in with the increasing demographics of Latino students, we needed to have, and we still need to have, role models. I, I share this saying in almost, well, in most of my presentations, is that kids see the possibility for themselves and the adults that are around them. And if they don't see someone that looks like them in a position of leadership, they don't think it's possible. And there's just not enough of us, uh, even now, I don't believe, in order to really be um, as influential as we can be. Um, I think that it's, it's not only in the leadership area, and I don't know that I have the energy to do this anymore, but I think we need to be really relevant in policy making and policy decisions uh, until, until we do, you know, our kids are really not going to get everything that they need because, um, most other ethnicities and cultures and, and, and races don't understand the Latino culture. They don't, you know, we don't spend enough time learning about each other's culture. And so, you know, I've spoken to teacher groups over the years and have said to them that whether they want to admit it or not, because 80% of the teachers in the nation are white female, much of their response, for instance, to teenage boys of color is based on fear. They have, they have this stereotype in their minds about what kids are going to respond, you know, uh, what they're going to respond like. And if they don't respond in a manner that teachers understand from their own upbringing, then our kids are going to get in trouble because because they don't understand that it's it's a it's a cultural disconnect it's not be misbehavior that's why we in clear are spending as much time as we can uh, addressing the issues of cultural proficiency because i don't think you can focus on academics and really expect to succeed with kids of color if you don't understand the racial and the cultural and the the ethnic uh, characteristics of those groups. You only know what you grew up with. Yeah. Ken, so what was the structure of the mentoring program? How, uh, who could participate? Who was involved? Uh, how did you make those decisions? Yeah, at first, at first it was really a, a program to develop superintendents. Um, you know, if you wanted to be a superintendent, you could apply for the, uh, you could apply for the program. The, the first cohort was pretty much handpicked. I think it was really important for me, uh, to me rather, that we get a win out of the gate. So Fernando picked most of the mentors. He knew the very strong Latina and Latino leaders in the state of California and the leaders that were part of CASA. And so we had we had the gold medal folks. <laughs> it was, it was great. I mean, it was, if you wanted a group of mentors to start a program with, these were the folks who had, you know, they cleared the road, they had fought all the battles, they were, and they'd successfully 
fought all the battles. They were in positions of power. And who were these people? Who, yeah, who are uh, we talking Dar about? Well, I always start out with the women. I don't know why. I think it was Darlene Robles, Maria Ott. Um, see, Larry Acebes was part of it. Fernando was part of it. Uh, I could, uh, in fact, I have it here, but just really, really powerful folks. And for the protégés, we, we took applications, but we wanted people who we knew or that the mentors knew from personal knowledge would be successful. Um, the program itself was, was uh, formal in the sense that the mentor and the protege had to meet every two weeks face-to-face -face as much as possible. We put developmental plans together. We had goals together. We, uh, they put goals together. Uh, we had checks and rechecks on, on um, reaching the objectives, along with meetings. We had quarterly meetings. The good thing about those meetings is that our protégés were not only able to network with other mentors and protégés, so that you know the the philosophy of you may have a mentor that is named for you, but everyone is your mentor. Everyone in that group is your mentor. That's awesome. They also learned how to uh, party <laughs> with with the mentors. You know, it was uh, it, the familia. It's the familia yeah, concept. And as a matter of fact, Ken, I'm proud cohort seven. So super indebted to you for this transformational experience. And I think we're in cohort like 17 now, 17. Uh, something, something like that. Yeah. And it, incidentally, my colleague here, partner, uh, Sal Olguin and I met through Calza. So in a very interesting and beautiful way, your story and this thing that you created made Sal and I come together and now you're here. So right. it's a little bit of a full circle moment. So well, thank I, you for I that. Should, I should tell you that the first couple of years, I may have looked like I knew what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> but I, the the I was, duck floating on water with yeah, the patas I was, underneath. I was staying one step ahead of people because uh, we, you know, it. I was not expected to be the only expert, but I was expected to be the mentoring expert. And and sometimes, um, you know, we had folks. I don't know whether they're still doing this. Whether they're writing. Uh, their reflections about the yes, program and whether they're staying in touch with each other. But uh, Cesar Morales, and I'm not sure which cohort Cesar was a part of, he called me Vito. So my nickname was Vito because I used to call him and say, hey, you didn't get your reflection and turn it in. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, he used to tell people, he goes, hey, you better get that thing in or Vito will be coming after you. <laughs> I believe he was six. Uh, I was seven and I believe Cesar oh, okay. was six. six. <laughs> yeah. There's been a couple other uh, directors, uh, Socorro Shields, uh, Juan Santos, and that just shows evolution and progress. Did, did you ever did you ever think that the program would, would go on as long as it has? And do you consider it successful or is it still a work in progress? You know, you know, I never, um, I really never thought about how long it would go on. I just felt like the, the seed had been planted. And my, my um, most important, I think the most important aspect of it is I wanted to have um, 
the organization support it so that it would continue. You know, it, it, I still call the people who participated in the program, my kids. All, I mean, that just comes naturally. I just say my kids. And I would want the program to become better because we were really just, um, I think we were just really scratching the surface and what we could do. It, it, it always, I always wanted it to go to what clear we call praxis, intentional activism or action. I wanted it to go beyond the developmental plans and the objectives to what is the, what's the next step? What is the action plan? that is being put together. Say you're in there for two years. The second year really shouldn't be about a, a list of developmental plans, but rather, what is this project? What, what can we as a cohort take on as a project and see it to its implementation mm. uh, so that we go beyond the, the, the talking? You know, as, as a fellow bureaucrat, I've seen so many plans end up on bookshelves um, that that's the one thing that as a professor and as a member of CLEAR is that I, I'm not really interested in the plans until it's implemented. I do think, though, that the, uh, the project aspect of it is something that, that might, need to be, uh, might need to be taken, you know, Take a take a look at what kind of a project could a cohort do at the sure. end of the year. Sure. I think it because everyone works that people are in leadership that needs to um, you know if it can be done correctly that's a that's a great way of doing it. Did, did you have any other concluding thoughts on that? I'm I'm one of the first to say that a uh, that a school or a district or corporation whatever it is takes on the um, characteristics of its leader. So, you know, it's like a coach and a team. Uh, I think a team takes on the characteristics of its leader. And so it's, it's important that the, that the leadership of, of the mentoring program, and this is just my, my um, vision for it, would, would be that this is, it, it's, about, it's about the people that are participating in it it's about uh, Latinos as a as a as a people. The the last thing it really needs to be is about is about your position in a particular district or or such. I think that if you do the other things, if you are if you are truthful to the goals of the program, and that is to develop strong role models, positive role models for our kids. And if you are strong to your own moral value of seeing Latinos as an ethnic group that should be um, treated with dignity and respect, and you know we need to do that to each other or for each other also, that, um, that the program will continue and grow. I, I just- um, Ken, in your time yeah. as, as director over that mentoring program, how, how many Proteges did, did you work with? Well, I would say that we probably had uh, about 10 pairs. I think we averaged right around 10 pairs or more. And so, um, you know, I've been, I've been pretty blessed so that if I, I don't know what cohort I was, it was when I, when I left, 
Um, but between Kelsa, uh, Clear, have two pro two mentoring programs going on at Fresno State that are still going on. Uh, That's amazing. A mentoring program at Cal State Channel Islands for uh, graduate students and you know others that I've helped put together or just have consulted on for uh, for other people so it's been a it's been fun uh, that maybe that's, that's probably why i i know people all, yeah, all over yeah. the place so it's been a good thing this is our in fact our first recording of our podcast a few people have heard that we had this podcast going and that you were going to be one of our guests uh, there's a couple people that want to uh come in and join us and say hello to you so i sure. hope you don't mind no, not at all. Is that why you tried getting rid of me? <laughs> <laughs> we've uh, we've welcomed uh, Socorro Shields and uh, Juan Santos to the Cincuenta podcast. Buenos dias to both of you. Thank you for your patience. And we had some technical difficulties there. But uh, good morning to you guys. Uh, Socorro, how are you doing this morning? Doing well, thank you. Thank you for letting me join you. And, and Juan, good morning to you. How are you doing? Hey, buenos dias, full of energy, full of pride. I, I, I can't believe I'm here with the Godfather and I'm excited. So uh, Laura and I wanted to have a couple of people come in and just say hi to Ken. Maybe if you can briefly share with us how you met Ken and uh, any, any special words you may have to share with Ken. Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ken changed my life. He changed um, everything I thought was possible. His program. I was a member of cohort one, a little mucosa who just heard about it and kind of saddled up to everybody and tried to find my way. He changed my life because he changed and reaffirmed my belief. He shaped my purpose in so many ways. I didn't even know it was possible to bring together so many Latinos who saw the world like I did. When I started the mentoring program in cohort one, I was a vice principal, a high school VP. And to be in the same room with Ken, with Tony Monreal, with Darlene Robles, Fernando Elizondo, Larry Aceves, that they knew me, saw me, that was uh, forever changed what I thought was possible because they had been these great icons of people like you only heard about and read about and then to be in their presence and to be acknowledged as a person as a professional it was uh it was life-changing because it changed what I thought was possible for me what I thought I could do what I thought I could contribute to education and all of that's because of Ken all of that's because of the mentoring program and the passion and he showed that you can be unapologetically a Latino leader and never look back, never hide that strength of who we are and identity. Uh, probably good or bad, that's who I am today. I have him to thank for that. Thank you. Um, how, how are you doing up there? Well, you know, the fires and everything, it's, you know, I expect locusts tomorrow. It's, um, Something, it's something. <laughs> this was our first week of learning and distance learning. I'm in uh, Northern California, Sonoma right. Valley, Santa Rosa area. And so we have like fires on every side of us. It's the fourth season of fires um, with no end in sight. Uh, you realize how compounding trauma is and the things it does. So, yeah. you know, we just take it day by day. And I'm in 
amazement of our professionals, of our families, of our community, the strength and resiliency, but I wish it wasn't tested so often. Han, give us your spiel on Dr. Meeting Ken and what, what he means to you. You know, Dr. Magdaleno, see, I have a hard time even calling him Ken. I feel like I'm speaking to my own mom and dad. You know, I, they're always mama, papa, but you know, even when even with Socorro, it's, you know, my hermana, the, these people, the program in itself, I, I was a lost puppy. You know, I would say mocoso, just sitting there, you know, raised in Bakersfield. And there I am, one of the few Latinos in Thousand Oaks doing my thing in the district out there. And, and I was lost, completely lost. You know, uh, I had dropped out of my doctorate program, but I needed some leadership. I didn't know any Latinos. I didn't know anyone that was a doctor for that matter. I mean, that's what happens when you're isolated or in a bubble. And I remember seeing this article in one of the uh, revistas that come in for being a part of AXA. And it said, uh, are you looking for leadership? Are you looking for this? Are you looking for that? And I'm like, see, 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 see. And then it says, application is due today. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I send an email out to Dr. Magdaleno because that's the only address. Don't know this person from, from Eve or from Adam. And I'm like, um, it's due today. Can I make this happen? And, 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 and just to share the impact, he said, yes, don't worry, turn it in, blah, blah, blah. And I had a difficult time getting the necessary requirements from the, you know, from the administration, but nonetheless, it happened. And the impact that, you know, that Dr. Magdaleno and my hermana here have done for me, I mean, especially with Ken, I can only count, you figure our real face-to-face -face conversations in less than one hand, if you count at the hours. We haven't had that much impact with each other, but I will share with you the power of impact in those small minutes those small responses. He has shown me the power of an impact and one time meeting someone in that one conversation, those one seconds, the impact you can have someone. He's given me the pride, the pride in cultura, mm -hmm. you know, of, of not only the research that now I was able to read and the readings, but more the reflection. As a Latino, it was hard for me to reflect. What I want to reflect, that's like talking to yourself, you know, and I find out I do that more often than I think. Now I'm just documenting it. And lastly, it was the power of voice, the collective group, where now I've made it a model of mine. It's never about me, I, and you. It's about we, us, and ours. And I think that is something that I took away from this program, and more so the impact of uh, the godfather. We, uh, I'll be honest, that's what we call him, the godfather, you know. And, and you know, from there, the hermana who took it over, uh, the program, and now for them to leave it into the squinkly who doesn't know who any of these people were, the Tony Monderal, you know, Monderal, and all those other people out there, I don't know anybody. And now that I'm learning them, it's because of these people that the impact of our group is, is se puede. So I'll leave it at that. Thank you, Ken. Thank you. Doing a good job. So, so Ken, both, both of our, of our guests, Socorro and Juan here have, uh, have referred to themselves as mocosos and and you noticed uh, that too, huh? Yeah, yeah. But uh, what do you have to say to these kids, as, as you referred to earlier in, in, in the show, um, that, that these are your kids? Uh, what, what do you think of them? Have they, have they grown to what you aspired they would become? Well, they're, they're on the journey. You know, I, I think that uh, both of them, very proud of uh, both of them. I don't, the journey's continuing. Who knows what's going to be in their future, you know, and, and what, they, uh, what they do and how they continue to influence the people around them. And I, I'm, I'm grateful for the, for the kind words. Um, 
and I'm still here, you know, so um, it's, it's like one of those things. I haven't died yet, but let me hear all the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, I'm very proud of them, you know, and, and they've reached out and influenced others way beyond, you know, what we, what we originally thought that we would, would do. And um, I'm, I'm very proud of, of all of them. I wish that that I was able to see how many and and who has been part of the program in the last few years. Just it would be cool to see who's been in the program and what they're doing now. You know that that would be. Uh, I, I think that if we did that as uh, if perhaps Carlsa did that, that that would be really uh, amazing. Juan and Socorro, we're, we're eventually going to come out and ask, ask you guys to join our podcast here. But, but briefly, can you share uh, where, where you are in terms of leadership and how uh, you've grown? You know, I think uh, Ken's point about being able to measure the ripple, I think I really wish we could see the research behind the number of people impacted by the program and just kind of how it has created a family. As I mentioned, I started as a VP. I was a high school VP. Now I'm a sitting superintendent in Sonoma Valley, um, my second superintendency. I've had the great fortune of being in some state level organizations and it's all because of the perspective I gained uh, while being part of the mentoring program. And Juan mentioned it, but we stand on the shoulders of giants and we know it and that appreciation of everyone who paved the way, the Dr. Otts, the Dr. Robles, who, you know, Latina women who were strong leaders, focused on all students, elevated the success of Latino students and the conversation and narrative that needed to happen for the community to support their successes. And one of the great things that the CalSA mentoring program did for me, and I, I hope I pass this forward and I hope it's still continuing is that sense of professional comfort amongst a group of Latinos. Like Juan said, I didn't even know there were others like me. I was exactly the same way all by myself and to normalize, I felt all by myself and to normalize a group of Latino leaders and create a safe space for learning and advancement and reflection. And that's tremendous. And it is something I will value forever. Yeah, that was that was actually such a large part of the initial research was um, there were so many more people that looked like us that were serving um, in isolation mm -hmm. and had never really had the opportunity to to see to have the role models. I mean, they were there, but we just didn't know about them. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and so that that is what. Uh, I think I'm, I'm especially proud of is that uh, it has rippled out, but we need to make sure to maintain that contact to understand that you're not part of the program and then leave to be on your own again. Which... Yeah. You know what, and I'll, I'll add there, I think being a part of cohort six, you figure, and I was fortunate enough to be there and I remember Tory Pines and I remember that evening and I remember going through the workshop in the morning, but that evening in particular where I went out there to interact, to, to have those real conversations. And I remember not having the confianza to be able to join a group that I've never been a part of. 
and I walked back to my room that night and just went to bed, you know, because I just really couldn't find or muster up the energy to do that. But I told myself that evening, you know, the next day you're going to do it. And so from there, I was very fortunate to, to meet a group. But in terms of what's happened since then, since that pro, since those early days, the confianza, starting off as a dean of students, which where I was previously, all that is is a lower paid assistant principal, you know. And then from there, to to be able to apply for things that really I had no right to apply to, to to apply to an elementary principalship when the last time I had been in elementary or in an elementary was as a student. So I wasn't even a I was a middle school secondary teacher. So to have the confianza to do that based on the family that I had created, that familia, and the information, those conversations with Socorro, with, with some very instrumental members of cohort six, because of that, it, it, why shouldn't I apply? And, not, and, and knowing that there were no expectations, they probably saw my application and said, oh, let's let him apply because he's in district. Everyone gets a free interview. But not only that, to make an impact where it's like, uh, he's one of our top, what do we do with him? But from there to be, well, let's move into student services as a director. From there, let's apply for assistant superintendent of human resources, where I'm at now. But more importantly, to be honored with what I believe is the passion project, the one I don't get paid for, but the one that I love doing more than anything, which is being the director of mentoring, following into the footsteps of these two individuals and, and having the confianza that when I find out there's a Latino in a district, I have no shame. There's no shame in my game where I will call you, text you, don't know you from Adam or Eve. Hey, this is Juan Santos, director of mentoring. Do you have a minute to speak? And these people are like, sure. And that's what it is, the, fit, the, the rejection. I'm just going out there. And one thing that I, I stress now is when we have our in-person meetings, see you alone, I'll connect you with someone. Hey, Laura, come here. I want to introduce you to Socorro. And all of a sudden I do, and then I take off. I'm one of those where I come, boom, leave you with someone else because I don't want to see anyone alone. And what it does is it instills pride, security, and all that, you know, that's, that's you know, Dr. Magdaleno, that's Socorro. You know, doing all these movidas to, to make people feel that comfortable, to give them the strength they need to be their best. And I, and I think that's what we're continuing to do, but that's all a credit to, you know, to Dr. Magdaleno, whose idea is what now is being, it's blossoming into more. You know, we're taking over. It's just a matter of time before they let us in. And if they're not, don't worry, we're still going to get in. Well, Juan and Socorro, we want to thank you for joining us today and for continuing to promote the legacy that he has built. And as he said, we are still in this journey together. Absolutely. And I just have to say, it's so nice to see you. Socorro, I haven't seen you in like a ton of years. I know. And Juanito, you know, he's helping me pay it forward too. I'm uh, doing the mentoring this year as well. So thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you also from my, from, on my behalf. I, I know I'm not an educator, but I do look to both you, Socorro, and Juan. When I hear you guys speak, you inspire me. Yes. And um, your own journey will be inspirational for others. Uh, and I'm thankful that, that Ken was able to inspire the two of you to do the work you're doing today. And today, we thank you very much for being part of Cincuenta. Again, thank you so much. Muchas gracias. Thank you. Right. And thank you for letting us show our appreciation and gratitude for Ken. He is such a bold visionary. Like so much has happened because of his relentlessness and his fearlessness. And he'll never know, we'll never know, like the, the measure of those ripples and that impact. And it is felt throughout this entire state and really the nation as they've looked at this 
as a model. And that really all is because of Ken. And thank you for letting us share our appreciation, my personal appreciation for everything you've done. Again, thank you, Dr. Magdaleno. Thank you for everything. Thank you to my, to my hermana as well. Um, but much appreciation and se puede. So thank you for, for allowing us to share. Thank you very much. Ken, so how does that feel to have heard from Juan and Socorro? What, what, what does that mean to you? You know, it, it feels really good. I, it's a little embarrassing, but it feels, <laughs> feels, feels good also. I'm, I'm happy that the program has uh, continued. And when I saw the people in uh, cohort 17, when I, when I spoke to them, some, some really outstanding folks and uh, looking forward to see where they end up and how they support others as they go forward. And, and Ken, one of, the, uh, one of the things you've shared and I've known uh, from you is the importance of acknowledging and recognizing those who've come before us, who have inspired us. Laura and I just felt it was, uh, th there was only so much she and I could do to honor you. And we hope that uh, Socorro and Juan carry the voice for so many others uh, who have come to learn so much from you, who have gained from your wisdom, who are, are leading in our schools and leading our future. So we, we wanted to make sure we honored you that way. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. And uh, yeah, so uh, Ken, staying true to our, our theme and our, our, our podcast purpose, Cincuenta. We're going to lead you out here with 50 seconds of quick lightning round questions. Are you ready? Uh, sure. <laughs> All right. All right. Here we go. Favorite musician? Uh, Santana. What TV show did you last binge on? Oh, my God. I'm married with a big yard. HGTV. <laughs> if you were a Loteria card, what would you be? A winner. <laughs> a tortilla de harina or de maíz? So it depends on the food. Fill in the blank. If I had a dollar for every blank, I'd be a millionaire. I don't know. I don't do enough of everything to earn that much money. And finally, what are you the most proud of? My family. It's uh, when you get down to the point where you have great-grandchildren and they want to and, and you're okay for babysitting them yourself because they watch movies and stuff together and my my name is um, Peta or Pata something like that that um, family's just the most important I'm proud of a lot of things but mostly the family that we care for each other Ken uh, you have countless stories uh, to share with us. Uh, we've just scratched the surface today in this episode and we want to come back and I think we want to do a deep dive on mentoring uh, and just discuss what is mentoring, why is that important, and how that can help uh, others grow. Uh, I, I hope we're, we're going to reach out to more than just educators. I think everyone in life needs mentoring and uh, certainly myself and my profession as an attorney I try to mentor uh, younger associates who are coming through. It's a great feeling to be there. Thank you uh, for being one of our first 50 guests. I'm giving you a, a virtual abrazo. Ken, it has been a wonderful, powerful interview. 
thank you for giving of your time and, and of yourself. I think I want to wish you well, stay healthy, and stay connected with us. Okay, you Thank guys you. take yeah. care of yourselves. Thank Bye-bye. you. Go, go blue. Go blue. <laughs> go blue. <laughs>Thank you for listening to this episode of Cincuenta. Please subscribe and follow us on your favorite streaming platform. Don't forget to rate and review us. Mil gracias to our supporters, advisors, and volunteers, including Javier Solis, our technical producer, engineer, and editor. Aaron Silva, our resident artist for his beautiful work on our logo and Loteria-inspired art. Norma Garcia Muro, our brand marketing and creativity advisor. Dr. Rebecca Andrade, our thought partner, Richard Tower, our padrino, team building advisor and coach, as well as our countless friends and family members who have encouraged us, sacrificed time with and for us to see us through this journey. Follow us on Instagram at 50 underscore podcast. Esperamos que 50 haya sido de su agrado. We hope you enjoyed 50.